1: Uh, In 2010, I found out that I was broke after working for nine years. I was broke. Yeah, I was that person Alan was talking about in the first service. Nine years of work, zero evidence. So anyway, we started practicing the the principles. Ari and I started listening to books. The Richest Man in Babylon, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Robert Kiyosaki's books. And so we started, we said, let's do something. So we we started saving money. Can you imagine? For the first time, we started by saving 10% based on the richest man in Babylon. We saved, we saved, we saved, saved, saved. By the way, later on, B3 and Angela will be joining me. So for those of you who are looking forward to that section and all the fun that comes with that, hold your breath, it's coming. Anyway, so... Ha, ha, ha. Tell your neighbor, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. I get a good idea. It's a good idea. idea. Which also is a bad idea. (laughs) To buy a car. At that time, we had saved about 5 million. I deposited the money with a brother who was supposed to get us a car. Those days, by the way, you could start with 5 million to get a car. Not now. So, the brother in church, one of my congregants, delivered not the car So the money was gone. Someone said, money talks to me. Money talks, it always says bye to me. It said bye to me that time. For some of you, it doesn't even speak. It waves from a distance. But that's another story for another day. So we lost the money. So we started saving again. You know, the thing about money is money attracts money. When you have no money, it it doesn't attract any money so yeah that's why Jesus said that to him who has more will be added to him who has let me get on with my story so we started saving again then at some point we had saved up to 7 million shillings Woo-hoo! that was like a huge achievement in our lives remember we are coming from zero after 9 years of work huh. while I'm still there my auntie calls me and says there is someone selling a plot of land in Wate, It's 17 million. Are you interested? I was like, of course I'm interested. <laughs> Never mind, I had 7 million instead of 17. So we met the guy, deposited. Then we took a loan, a very friendly loan, interest-free loan from one of our people who loved us. 10 million paid up the land. That was the first asset we owned with Ari. So I started building on the on the property. By that time now we are reading. So we figured out a residential house is not an asset because it doesn't bring money into your pocket. So we decided to build three townhouses. The idea was we would move into one and rent out the other two. So we have what? Someone say with it to me, Sam Kamane. Okay. That's the idea. So we started building. Then it occurred to us after we had just got out of the ground, you know, when you're building foundation, The money keeps going, you don't see anything. So now we had just come out, we hadn't even put the slab yet. We had just put like hardcore. It occurred to us, it was going to take us, at the rate at which we are saving, it was going to take us more than 20 years to build that thing. That's when it occurred to us, this is not a good strategy. So we formed a company, Future Housing and Space. We sold the property to the company and we became shareholders. Other people came on board. We finished that project in maybe three and a half years and we are working on another one now. Our vision is to build 10,000 housing units. How did this whole thing start? It started by saving some money. Today I want us to talk about saving to invest. By the way if you haven't got yourself a copy of this book Straightforward Financial Growth, this is the standard book for wealth creation in the republic. Get it. You'll thank me later. So, Proverbs thirteen eleven says, Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. The temptation in our generation is people looking at other people who seem to just be coming up with assets quickly and wondering what are they doing that I need to do. It will be diminished if it's gained by dishonesty. And by the way, you might look and say, ah, uh, ah, uh, we've seen people, whatever. So here's the thing. If it doesn't diminish in this generation, it will disappear in the next. Because when you gain wealth by dishonesty, you are not able to transfer it to the next generation. Because it's more important what we live in the next generation more than what we live for them. So if you get it by dishonesty, what can you teach your children? That's why you see that lots of businesses Last one generation. A man creates wealth, dies, and then the children divide it up and liquidate and move on. It's so as if it never existed. Proverbs 6, verses 6 to 8 says, Go to the aunt, you sluggard. I know you might not know what the word sluggard means, but just know so it's not a good word. Consider how wise and be wise. Which having no captain, overseer, or ruler provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Mm. It says it has no captain or ruler. Financial growth requires self-leadership. Oh, yeah. If you're waiting for a captain or ruler to sort your own mess out, it's not going to happen. You must lead yourself when it comes to money. Because it is your responsibility. No one else is responsible for your financial progress. It says it it provides her supplies in the summer. The supplies needed during winter are provided for in summer. Now, we don't have winter and summer here. and Some of you are here. The word summer, it makes all sorts of pictures come to your mind. But the point is, whatever you're going to need in the latter years of your life has to be provided for now. And we are going to go there soon. Proverbs 15, 6 says, in the house of the righteous, there is much treasure. Mm. Not just treasure. Much. much treasure. But in the revenue of the wicked is trouble. Are you righteous?
0: Yes, sir.
1: And if the answer is yes, how do you be righteous? You are in Christ. I'm talking to some of those righteous people who have been abusing us. Are you righteous? Yes, sir. If the answer is yes, where is the much treasure? Because the Bible says in your house, there is much treasure. And in your heart. <laughs> <laughs> if you are righteous, if you are a Bible reader, a follower of God and Jesus, you, the, there has to be evidence. Your... I heard Dave Ramsey say this yesterday. I was listening to one of his rants. And he said, the problem with your investments is that you don't have any. I'll repeat that for those who are arguing. Let's finish the arguments now before, because I'm I'm yet to start teaching, by the way. My main text is ahead. I'm first removing argument. You who is abusing and making noise, can I tell you something? You're broke. You're broke. <laughs> I tell you and put two. So The problem with your investments is that you don't have any. That last statement only applies to some people. So, (laughs) Proverbs 21, 20. There is desirable treasure, like treasure which people want, and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man squanders it. How do we know you are wise? There is desirable treasure in your dwelling. Pharaoh had a dream and in this dream seven fat cows were eaten up by seven thin cows. The amazing thing about it all is that the seven thin cows didn't grow fat after eating the seven fat cows. That's what happens to financial lives of a lot of people. So listen carefully. Don't take anything for granted. And then seven fat stalks of grain were swallowed by seven thin stalks of grain. And the thin ones remained thin. So being thoroughly disturbed, Pharaoh called all his people who were in, in the dream interpretation business and no one could interpret it until they identified Joseph. And then Joseph came and interpreted the dream. And we are going to read Joseph's interpretation and then try and apply it to 2020 and see how it works. By the way, we, we just had the highest uh, number of COVID cases yesterday or the other day, like 300 plus in one day. So wear your mask, don't use crowded public transport, insist on uh, social distancing, buy some uh, sanitizer and use it regularly. Stay away from crowds, ATC, shop online, get wise. The point is not about, it's not about you. You might say, I'm fit even if it is I'll get well. The problem is if we all choke up the hospitals and we overwhelm the health system, then those who are vulnerable will have no option. So, do the right thing. Okay? And then remember you disease-free zone. Remember your disease-free zone and so start behaving like one by doing the right thing. Okay, Genesis 41, 25 to let's take it one verse at a time then Joseph said to Pharaoh the dreams of Pharaoh are one God has shown Pharaoh what he's about to do the seven good cows are seven years and the seven good heads are seven years the dreams are one and the seven thin and ugly cows which come after after them are seven years how many of you know poverty is ugly Uh, okay let's continue And the seven empty heads blighted by the east wind are seven years of famine. This is the thing which I've spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he's about to do. For those who are listening to me already and you wonder who Pharaoh is, it's Pharaoh. Indeed, seven years of great plenty will come throughout all the land of Egypt. Seven years of great plenty. But after them, seven years of famine will arise, and all the plenty will be forgotten. It will be forgotten. It will be as if there was never plenty in the land of Egypt, and the famine will deplete the land. Okay? Let's first look at that. Now, like all other ancient societies, Egypt was an agrarian society. So this idea of cows being swallowed up by cows, and grain being swallowed up by grain was serious. And the, I, the fact that Joseph was talking about the fact that there was going to be years of famine in an agrarian society where the only true value or wealth you have is agricultural products. Famine means <laughs> decimation of the economy. So he was warning, warning them that something was, happen, was going to happen to the economic systems that would be thoroughly destructive. Now, this is an economic story, not a spiritual one. Okay, Bible readers, this story talks about economics. It's an economic story. So, don't trip. Don't get confused. Switch on, okay? Now, let's, let me upgrade it to now, because a, a lot of you listening to me are not into agriculture right now. In the natural movement of life there are three seasons of your life. Three. There is what I call the law of threes. Everything significant is in threes. Liquid, solids, gases, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Father, Mother, Children, Sun, Moon, Stars. It's always threes. Go study how a chord of three cannot easily be broken. Okay. So there are three phases in your life. There is the first phase of your life is the development stage. That's when you're being taught how to read, write, think, and you go to school. So that's the ascendance. The next phase is the production phase. When your life is productive and you're living life, producing, contributing to humanity, making history, if you like, the right way. And then the last phase of your life is the transfer phase to the next generation, where you some people do what they call retirement, which is a very bad idea. But generally, you pull out of whatever you're doing actively and let other people start doing that as you live your life slightly differently from while while you were living in your productive stage. That's when you are an investor. You just oversee things, things are working, and you gracefully age with a lot of money and pass on to the next generations that wealth, and then you go to heaven properly. Like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's the last phase. Now, as long as earth endures, you will go through those phases. The problem with youth is you think you'll always be young and ascending in everything. And so instead of learning the lessons you should learn at that stage, you learn the lessons later in a state of bitterness. There are two kinds of pain. There's the pain of action and then there's the pain of regret. The pain of regret is 100 times harder to take than the pain of action okay so let me go back to the phases so let's say you are a bible believer you you think god brought you on earth for something significant and you know you're like you know what god a hundred years would be nice okay so why did i pick 100 because i want easy numbers to work with so, the first phase of your life is going to be about 20 years. That's when you are in school. Okay? Zero to 20. The next phase of your life will be the productive years, which is about 20 to 60. From 20 to 60, whatever you want to call it, the hustle, the bustle, the wherever, you're knocking the ball off the park. Now, I have a theory. By the time you turn 30 or 40, lat- latest, you should have decided what your life is going to be about. Yeah. That's not the time to be looking around saying, Ha, how do I start? You should have decided you should be married. You see, the problem is there are not many people who are going to tell you these things that I tell you. So, since I'm the one, I would be telling you and this is Sunday morning by the way Mm. I don't think I'm even preaching I'm just conversing so anyway so from 40 to 60 is your productive years and then let's say from 60 to 100 are your next phase when you're handing over to the next generation providing an oversight role enjoying life going wherever you need to go at in the world and just you know having good friends that you made in your productive years that's not the time to start making friends so stop stop taking your friends for granted mm. so from 60 to 100, that's your now that's past noon huh? afternoon into evening <laughs> Nice. So, you know, evening, you can either have a nice sunset or storms <coughs> into your afternoon. Or okay? Okay. So, now, let me upgrade us in our thinking. Those 40 years of production, those are the seven years of plenty. I want you to equate the seven years of plenty in the Bible story to the 40 years of production. And the seven years of scarcity, which Joseph was predicting, which don't have to be seven years of scarcity in your life, depending on what you do. You see, scarcity is is determined by how you treat plenty. How you treat plenty determines whether you have scarcity or even more plenty when other people are having scarcity. Because what happened is that while the Egyptians were running into scarcity, Pharaoh, who did the right thing, was running into more plenty. Yeah. So the seven years of scarcity in quotes are those 40 years after. Okay, by the time I'm done with this, by the way, a lot of you will have regained your sobriety. Now, why, why am I saying this about? You don't want to be eight years. 80, 80. You don't want to be 80 years old and you are there hustling on a border, dashing to beat the deadline to reach your job, to explain to your 25-year-old supervisor why you are late. You've put in also your your, your CV. They are looking for entry-level employees at the bank you put in your CV, you're 75. They're not going to give you that job. That's hiring problems right there. So, again, the seven years of scarcity will only be determined by what you do with the seven years of plenty. And the majority of you listening to me right now are in your seven years of plenty. So I'm going to be very straightforward in my talk, like straightforward financial growth. Robert Kiyosaki said something interesting in his book, uh, Rich Dad's Cash Flow Program. He said, wealth is not measured in money terms. Wealth is measured in time. How do you know how rich you are? You, you can tell how rich you are by how long can you survive on your existing wealth without you or someone in your household having to work? How long is that? <laughs> if you stopped working right now how long can, while maintaining your current lifestyle by the way I'm not talking about radically dressing it down to a t-shirt and shorts no while maintaining at your current lifestyle how long can you go without you or someone in your household working because for some of you are like okay me I cannot work but my wife has a job let me even move on quickly before I that, whatever. So here is the point I'm making. Go and do your social research. How many people die within three to five years of retiring from their job? For those who are formally employed. Just go and do your social research. You don't have to hire a researcher. Just look around your village and, and uh, extended family and no, this person retired at this stage, they died at this stage. I can prove to you it's going to be three to five years. Do you know why? Because that's how long the wealth can take them. Now, the good news is it does not have to be like that. Now, let's find the wisdom of Pharaoh, which in uh, Bible speak, Egypt is the world, but is tapping it from the righteous man, Joseph. The world is using biblical wisdom to do well while the sons of God to whom these things belong are there arguing about theology. Genesis 41, to 36. The wisdom. Now therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man. That's the first stage. A discerning and and wise man. Now, because you are not Pharaoh, you don't have such a man. You have to be that man. And we will find out soon whether you are a discerning and wise man. Now, not even going to what the opposite of wise is. A discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Mm -hmm. Let Pharaoh do this. And let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth. I'll repeat that. One-fifth I'll repeat that. One-fifth equates to 20%. One-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of those years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. Okay? Then that food shall be as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine which shall be in the land of Egypt that the land may not perish during the famine. Okay? So, the first step is (coughs) select a wise and discerning man. When you describe yourself as a wise and discerning man, give me Proverbs 21, 20 again just so that we check ourselves about this wisdom and discernment. He says, there is desirable treasure and all in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man squanders it. Can I tell you how I can tell you a wise and discerning? What do you have that you've not squandered? Expenditure is not an indicator of wisdom. Expenditure is an indicator of foolishness. gathering or containment of treasure and preventing it from leaving you is what reveals your wisdom. And it doesn't matter how much money you have. By the way. So, so the wise and discerning man sets aside a minimum of 20% of their produce. Which, your produce, you're not into agriculture, you have a job. So your produce is your salary. To a person who plants crops, their produce is their salary. You, you don't have a garden. You have a job. Your job is your garden. So when they pay you your salary, that's your produce. Take take me back to to Egypt. He says, 20%, one fifth. So how do we know you are wise and discerning? You get at least, at the very minimum, 20% of all your income during the years of plenty, which is about the 40 years between 20 and 60, to sustain you in the other years. So that's the first step. What percentage? 20%. If you're watching me, you need to type in there, 20%, so that you don't say, I said Beyonce when I say it beyond self. <laughs> I can see 20%, so I say, yeah, I 2%, or about 20%. No, 20%. 20, 20, uh, 20%. One-fifth. Anything below that, you're being foolish. And you pay for it painfully in your latter years. So wake up now. Now. When? Today. Today. Tomorrow go up in an investment account somewhere and start depositing 20%. Tomorrow is Monday, 24th August. That's the day you started getting out of poverty. You can write it in your diary. Now, because you don't have grain, as in solid grain, you have cash, because your your grain is your salary, and cash, the money all over the world, we use now, is called fiat money. It loses value every day because they keep printing more of it. So, keeping it in the bank and saying, "Manang," I've started keeping my 20% is also not wise. You have to invest it so that it is growing, cumulative exponentially, so that you beat the inflation bug. So that is the second thing you have to do. So I've described to you the scenario, the scenario, three stages of life, development, production, afternoon sunset. Your afternoon will only be as good as what you did in the morning. If you consume everything in the morning like the Egyptians, your afternoon and evening are going to be very bad. You won't have a sunset. It will be raining cats and dogs upon your afternoon parade called life. And mm. I wish I could be gentler. There's no other way to do this thing. I have to wake you up. So, let me ask you. And I'm going to go to the end of the matter right now. Then I'll invite my friends to join me. Let me ask you. So what happens when you don't practice this principle? You retire at 60 or 65. They give you your retirement package. You go and blow it. Why? You don't know what to do. You've never invested. You've always depended on your salary check, then now NSSF gives you your money, or whatever your, your retirement benefit scheme is, and now they expect you to be a Kiyosaki, a Warren Buffett, a super investor who knows what to do with money. You've never done it. That is why, mark my words, 98% of all NSSF savers lose all their money within two years. 98 percent. Why you've never swum, they threw you not in the deep end of the pool, they threw you in the ocean with sharks. But now you are an investor of way. So, then what happens? Do you know what happens? Let me even stand up and tell you what happens. I can tell you what happens. So, now you are out there. You used to go to work. You probably even had a company car. (laughs) And now you're looking for your friends. They can't be found. Everyone has gone to their village. Eh? You can't find your friends. Your money is going. You're watching it go. Like this. Your money runs out. Now, you start depending on your children. You know, the Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance for children's children. Now you are reversing the scripture. Instead of leaving an inheritance for your children's children, even what they are working for themselves, you start eating it. You start eating your children's inheritance, not not inheritance. Not you haven't given them anything. You're eating their own work. You're reversing the scripture. And you get stressed and people start getting all these kinds of diseases people get around that stage. Do you know why people get all those diseases? It's not just old age. Look, the Americans and all the other people, they eat much worse than us, but why do they live longer than us? It's a poverty question. So now you're old, you're broke, at all, you mean You know when you can be old. At that age, you should have assets that are producing cash flow for you so that you can get in, in your air-conditioned car and go wherever you want, get on the plane, go wherever you want, go to the golf club, but you're there. Then you get the, capacity, like even small sicknesses, you can't handle. Why? You no longer have medical cover, which you used to have when you were employed. The simplest diseases you can't treat now the children have to marshal themselves. It is it, it is it. and then that stress, that stress of the foolishness that you practiced in your earlier years is what is killing people in our nation. It's what is killing people in their sixties and early seventies, and they are not able to go to eighties, nineties, hundreds. Why? Bad management of finances in the earlier years. I'm not talking to people in that category now. It's too late for them. I'm talking to you. You 25 year old. You 30 year old. You 35 year old. You 40 year old. You 40 year old. Who doesn't have an investment? What are you doing on earth at that age and you don't have an investment? The end of the matter. Take me to the end of the matter. Let's see. Let's see how the situation ended for for Pharaoh, for Pharaoh's people. Genesis 47, 13. Wow. God, give me grace to communicate this well. And please, don't be offended. I love you. Don't be offended. I didn't intend to offend. I'm trying to put the truth on the table the way it is. Now, there was no bread in all the land. This is what happens when scarcity comes. Yeah, there is no bread says, now there was no bread in all of the land, for the famine was very severe. So that the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan languished because of the famine. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan. For the grain which they bought, and Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. Now I'm going to invite my friends to join me at this stage. Joseph gathered up all the money. That's cash. That's liquid assets. Okay? So, the first thing that goes when scarcity hits is the cash. Whatever you had, whether in savings or in your whatever, uh, payroll bank, mattress bank, I don't know. It's all gone. That's the first thing. So, the first thing Joseph gathered was what? All the money. Okay? So, and what did he do with the money? He banked it. Take me back. It says he says he brought the money into Pharaoh's house. Now, remember, who saved and invested the 20%? Pharaoh. Who did not? The Egyptians. They thought they were special. They thought that these laws of economics don't apply to them. And I'm talking to some Egyptians right now. In these years of plenty, you are making all that money, you have a fat salary, you have money from this deal, that consultant, you're chopping the money. You think life will always be like that. You think you're the first one in the world to have a job and to have money. You think these laws of economics don't apply to you. You think you're better than your fathers. You're in trouble. So, the first thing that disappeared was the cash. But the cash didn't just disappear. The money didn't like, get obliterated. No, the money simply moved. It moved from those who did not plan, those who didn't invest the 20% into the house of the guy who had invested the 20%. That's Pharaoh. Now, how do I know that there are some other facts that come through quickly? Every time I read this story, I always thought that Pharaoh just went to the Egyptians and forcefully took the grain. No, he didn't. He actually bought it. That's why they were buying it back. He bought it. He didn't just take it for free. And you know, how many of you know, in the time of plenty, the price is different from the time of scarcity. Yeah. I imagine that in those seven years of plenty, the Egyptians were telling Joseph, you want to bring, you can even take for free. It's too much. We can't do anything for it, with it. And Joseph was like, okay, we'll take at basement prices. Now, the years of scarcity come and the price is not the same. So the first thing to do, to go where? Liquid assets. Liquid assets gone. Next verse. So when the money failed in the land of Egypt, and the money always fails, and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, give us bread, for why should we die in your presence? For the money has failed. I said, money talks, says buy. For some people, it waves from a distance. Then Joseph said, give your livestock, I know many of you, you've never seen this story like this. You always read this story of Genesis and how it ends with Jacob, and you think you've never seen this story this way. You've never seen Joseph's story this way. It's an economic story. So he says, give your livestock. You have no cash? Yeah. No, you have livestock. What does livestock represent? Moveable assets. Give your livestock, and I'll give you bread for your livestock if the money is gone. So they brought their livestock. Joseph... And Joseph gave them bread in exchange for the horses, the flocks, the caravans, and for the donkeys. Thus, he fed them with bread in exchange for their livestock that year. Now, you're going to sell your flat screen, your furniture. This is what happens, by the way. I'm talking real life here. Flat screen furniture born. Those cars you used to park in your compound, pound, you start selling one by one. What's happening? You have no investments that produce cash flow to feed you in these latter years, so you, your only chance is liquidating your assets. And when you're liquidating, you usually start with the movable ones. Sometimes you, you've always looked around and said, oh, oh and we are not using that thing, sell it, sell, sell, sell. That's why those things are there. That's why there are pawn shops and garage sales and all of that. That stuff is there because of that. People need cash, they are getting rid of movable assets. If you understand, you know that I've covered liquid assets, movable assets. There's one more category to come. Continue. When that year ended, they came to him the next year and said to him, we will not hide from my Lord that our money is gone. You know? (laughs) You can't hide it. You can pretend. You know when you're broke? You can pretend. You can try and pretend, but eventually... People notice you're no longer changing clothes the way you used to. Something has changed. We will will not hide from my Lord. But our money is gone. My Lord also also has our hearts of livestock. There is nothing left in the sight of my Lord but our bodies and our lands. Why should we die before your eyes? Both we and our land. By us. And our land for bread. And we and our land will be servants of Pharaoh. Give us seed that we may live and not die, that the land may not be desolate. Then Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. For Pharaoh. So first it was the cash, all the cash belonged to Pharaoh. Next it was the cash of Pharaoh became the apart from the priests. Pharaoh was the only livestock holder in Egypt. Next land. Pharaoh became the number one. That's, this is where all these laws, by the way, that government owns all the land, this is where it came from. Bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. For every man of the Egyptians sold his field because the famine was severe upon them. So the land became Pharaoh's. Okay. The next thing is the land fixed assets the land or real estate is the last frontier of economics that's why even very rich people who have lots of businesses that produce money like you've never imagined they still buy buildings and land and build there's a reason why mukwano has arcades in Kampala. that that those buildings they are nothing compared to the money mukwano makes out of industrialization But it's the last frontier. So everyone knows, have some real estate. If you bought land around Kampala and greater Kampala and the neighboring areas, and I know you have, don't assume that the people who sold it to you were very enthusiastic about selling it to you. (laughs) They sold it to you because they needed grain. They needed grain. Those children needed grain. What will your children be selling? if you don't heed the counsel I'm bringing today, what will your children be selling? Don't think you are the last ones to buy. And it was so easy. Save 20% and invest it. That's all that Pharaoh did. All these Pharaohs, they thought, for us we are clever. You know when you are the first one to have a degree from your village, You think you're clever. You know this stuff. You know how it works. You're in trouble. Again, the problem with your investments is that you don't have any. So, so the land became pharaohs. I want you to see a very sad ending to this story. And as for the people, he moved them into the cities. The land is no longer there. So, yeah from one end of the borders of Egypt to the other. And there's a reason why there's rural rural urban migration. There's a reason why all of us are here choked in Kampala, border, what noise, chaos. There's a reason we are all here. Only the land of the priests did not buy, for the priests had rations allotted to them by Pharaoh. And they ate their rations, which Pharaoh gave them. Therefore, they did not sell their lands. Then Joseph said to the people, Indeed, I have bought you and your land this day for Pharaoh. Look, here is seed for you and you shall sow the land, which means now they have nothing to pass on to their children. Their children are going to inherit slavery, not wealth. That's why people go to universities, they tell you, get a good job, what, what, study hard. Why? Because the children are just inheriting slavery, why is it that you get out of university and the first thing you have to look for is a job? It's because you inherited slavery. If your parents had uh, 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 wealth uh, to, to, to pass on to you, they would just say, oh, why? Eh? B3. As soon as you finish uni, you come and run this company. Come and run this department. Because you're a shareholder there. But everyone is looking for a job, why are we looking for jobs? You are inheriting work, not wealth. And it shall come to pass in the, <laughs> in the harvest that you shall give one-fifth to Pharaoh. Four-fifths shall be your own as seed for the field and for your food, for those of your households, and, and as food for your little ones. Now here is, here is how it ends. Whose land was this previously? The you can do this. Let's assume this one is Pharaoh looks like okay stop yeah focus so previously it was my land these were my cows my donkeys my everything was mine it was mine now everything belongs to Pharaoh I'm doing the same work I used to work for myself now I'm working for Pharaoh now I can't pass it on to my children This cycle has repeated itself so many times that it is our new normal. We think that that's how it's supposed to be. Like some people are annoyed watching us. They're like, so what do you expect us to do? I expect you to pass an enlist to your children so they don't inherit slavery. (laughs) When slavery is so normal that no one can see that it is slavery, yeah. I need to finish. <laughs> so, in the days of slavery, let's say you're my master, huh? Yeah. Huh? These people's mics are on, right?
0: Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yeah.
1: Okay. So you are my master. What? But you don't pay me any money to work for you because you bought me. But for your own good, you have to provide certain things for me. Including but not limited to housing, food, food, clothing, entertainment, medical. medical, yeah. Why? Because if I don't work because I'm sick, who is losing money? money. You're losing money. Mm. If I don't work because I'm... Or if I don't work as hard because I'm hungry, yeah. you're then losing money. Because I'm an investment. Yes. I'm a slave. You won't, take a month, you won't take a month to produce for you. Yeah. So if I'm hungry, less work. Mm. Sick, no work. That's why there is right. when cover at work, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and lunch... Yes, they, that's why they yes. serve lunch at your workplace. So that you work. It's, it's yeah. They don't want to lose money. Productivity. Uh, the productivity <laughs> will, in Who said? So all of these things. So now, modern day time, 2020. Who said we are still in slavery? So let's let's play out again. game. Let's say I get a job. I work at. Be a man's corporation. Mm. What you pay me you one month, one month, yeah. eh? Yeah. A million, a million. Eh? Mm. wait. That is actually it's end of month. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. You pay me one million, yeah? Mm. Then I go to church. Where is the Then Angela preaches about tithes. <laughs> yeah. So I give tithes of how much? hundred. hundred k. Mm. How much do I have left? 900. 900. 900. Mm. Which money is mine? Uh, 900. Is Nine hundred yeah, is 900 is what I have. Yeah. Not 1 million. Uh-huh. Okay, now there's a problem. Mm. For me to work for you, mm. I need a place to stay. And let's say your, 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 your place, your office is somewhere in town. Mm. So I go to Chida find a place there huh? mm. rent one room mm. huh? one bedroom thingy. Mm. how much 300, 300, 300. uh huh 300 is that landlord ah. is 200 you have to walk 200. through water
0: 300
1: oh. hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so this is my landlady land yes. uh uh-huh.
0: huh
1: on okay. part the 1
0: million
1: i have to pass on 300 Three. to the landlady mm.
0: 600. remember
1: the pay. slave owner has to house the slave. the slave yes the slave owner has to house the slave okay who just paid the boss the boss, the boss. Yeah. who just got paid
0: it, um, the landlady. The, the landlady. 300,000. Yes. Who
1: thinks they got paid? You. You. <laughs> you, sir. Oh,
0: no. So sir. when
1: I go hang out with Edison, he says, how much do you get paid? W- one I'm million. I'm like, one million. Mama. Do I get one million? No. No. Mine is a transfer account. She she employs many of us. So she because she's responsible for our accommodation, she doesn't have time to go around negotiating rental contracts for all 50 of us. (laughs) So (laughs) a quatern mini other and then we lose you and productivity. Mm. So get a nice place, eh? get a nice place. So you take the 300 you go negotiate hard with the landlady on behalf of the, you have the boss. <laughs> so and every month you faithfully, without fail, pass on the 300k from the boss to, to the landlady, landlady to house you, so that you can go to, to work. work. we we'll keep your life to serve this ship row well and you live. And meanwhile, you think you're being paid. Yeah. Well, no, well, no. Next is transport. Meanwhile, the farther you stay, the cheaper the rent, the higher the transport. Yes. yes. It's true. So, remember, I have to come to work. Yes. I need transport. Yeah. Whose, whose responsibility is transport? Your yeah, responsibility. Mm. Because if I can't tra- be transported... You can't work. So, let's say that's about 150K. Mm. Mm.
0: Okay. 2K mm. But not 2K. in this time of COVID.
1: Mm. One one no five K per day. Okay. Five K per day. I think the web was many what will put a border, the taxis are, are striking. No. No, no, no. <laughs> so you get one fifty K As part of the one million. Milli. Because you gave me one million, in my mind I'm not thinking. That man is already segregated. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> So the 150k, Angela, is the you, you safe daughter, road, you safe told her, Safe Border. Mm-hmm. Who well, are these other big buses? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those ones.
0: Pioneer.
1: Pioneer. Mm. I pass on 150k. Mm-hmm. From the boss to the transporter yeah, to transport paid. me paid. to work. Just paid. Who just got paid? The, transporter. the transporter. Who just yes. paid? The, the boss. Yeah. Who thinks they got paid? The Wisdom yes, no, is justified of our children. Mm, so we have uh, to 450k left. Meanwhile, mm. you know, when I'm hanging with Edison, I tell him my earn how much. One million. I think one I get million. one million. Yeah. Okay. Utilities. This house of the landlord where mm. I stay. Mm. There is umeme,
0: uh-huh. water Water, Kasasiro,
1: kasasiro TV. Security Guards.
0: TV. Uh,
1: utilities. Four? 100k. So I get 100 k Pass it on, yeah, you pass it on to, to women. no, no yeah, one woman may She's an investor in wume, me. And water. Uh. Who got paid? Utilities. Who paid? Landlady. Who thinks they got paid? Me. Yes. The transfer account. Then food. What happens when the slave is hungry? Less productivity. <laughs> So, all those places, okay, the Chicomando, Rolex, Kiosk, So How much
0: should
1: we do for food? No. 200k. No. 200k. No, no. Yes. Okay. It's true. You think it's too much?
0: Okay. No,
1: it's because I'm thinking 50 of 500k. 50k per, yeah, yeah. per week. 200 200. K. So K. Yeah, 50k per week. 200k. So, 200k. Yeah. 50k per week. So, yeah. Now, you cannot be caught. Outside of office at lunchtime. No. How you, can can you can't miss the, l- the office lunch at lunch.
0: Office. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because that that office lunch is your lifeline. Yes. That's when you pack properly.
0: Yeah, oh Lord.
1: Yeah. Now that's when Edison comes and says to the cup, skies. Hey. Hey. No. You go to Skies, they slap you a bill of 75K for one meal. You sweat. No, you don't no sweat. You bl- collapse. There's, There's no more spirit in you. You. They have to call an ambulance to take you out. Because half of your budget is gone well, in one meal. Anyway, let's continue. Wow. So we have now 50K left. 50, yeah. Clothing and grooming. kaviri, what, what?
0: My Jesus, man. What about wedding
1: meeting? Ah! Did ah. you clothing yeah. grooming 100k. Huh. Now we are at grooming negative 50. Beyond now actually you don't
0: have to buy that.
1: Uh, but their house needs these okay, things okay, TP toothpaste, space 4. La beyond a deco 50k. <laughs> we are at negative. You people you are not following. <laughs> yeah, we are now negative. We are at so negative much. 100k now. So, you want to take okay. an advance? Ah, yeah, why? How did you know the word? Wow. It's called advance. Wow. All the accountants wow. at every office know something called advance. Advance. Bounce. Oh, oh, oh. Airtime. Oh. Data, bitch, bitch. 50k, we had one negative 150. Do uh, you have medical insurance? I'm curious. Uh, uh, I yes. haven't even talked to medical Please, yet. Yes,
0: the
1: company, the, the company covers that. But <laughs> meanwhile, Please. you have pay TV. Yeah, there is going out with friends, hanging Ooh. out with friends. This is Kampala, you have to hang out. Mabugo. You
0: don't have a spouse, hopefully, you don't have a spouse. Wedding contributions, Please,
1: you people. Teacher. <laughs> Teacher. wedding contributions, what so and so, what what. So now you are in negative 350. In other words, in other words, in other words, you're bound. Words, you're bound. No, w- w- watch this, in other words in other words every month that you work you get more broke
0: yes mm. yes.
1: the more you succeed the more you fail mm. like yeah the harder you work the less money you get meanwhile you, you think you have a job I milli- earn one million. You think you earn one million, you earn negative three hundred fifty thousand. You give your landlord three hundred you give your boss three hundred fifty thousand shillings every month to continue working for her. Because the only money that's really yours is the money you save to invest. Now some of you are saying, yeah, they are like that because of one million. Okay, oh we take dear. you to four million. It doesn't matter. Everything multiplies by because four. You, have to
0: live in a better house. you go from the house of oh. three
1: hundred to one point two. Your transport instead of all these things, you get a you car loan, a car loan, a car loan yeah. and you start paying the car loan. This cycle has repeated itself for hundreds of years, oh. and many of you are caught in it. Jeez. And after you've been caught in this cycle for a long time. You finally hit what they call what? Retirement. Here is a story from Ghana, which sounds as if it's from Uganda. let read for us.
0: A story from Ghana that reads like Uganda. Growing up, I noticed something very interesting. A lot of the men in my town who were in the formal economy and could rely on monthly income died shortly after coming to retirement. Normally between three and five years. Many of them would have just, semi, would just would have just semi-completed their building projects, not done but still habitable. The next thing is for them to finally invest some of their SN, SSNIT, which is NSSF for Uganda cash, into their wives' businesses, normally grocery stores. Hello. Unfortunately, a couple of them still pay fees of children, normally out of wedlock they then suddenly die. The superstitious inclination of the local folks triggered rumors that the poor widow, the wife, knows something about the death because she wanted the house and the petty business all for herself. Sometimes family members would even go and inquire from the oracles what killed their man. But come to think of it, what really, really killed these men? I believe it is the pension shock syndrome. One, a lot of these men will work for an average of 30 years in the formal sector, religiously depending solely on their salaries. Two, personal savings and investments are very alien to them. They chop everything they earn. Okay, chop my money. Mm. Number three, they believe their biggest security is their children. Who will come and take care of them when they are old? Number four, there is also over-reliance on the NSSF pension. They believe the bulk money will take care of all their problems, including starting slash completing their building project. Number five, at the peak of their career, they are so indulged in the pleasures of this life, busily funding the side-cheek economy and fathering all manner of children outside their matrimonial homes. Number six, then the day comes and they turn 60. They receive a letter from their employers. It is time to go. Bungalows are vacated. A truck is made ready to transport them back to their destination of choice, okay? Thank you. Number seven, so they move to family houses temporarily or even permanently. Others move into their hastily and shabbily completed homes, mainly funded by the proceeds from their pension. Funny enough, they realized there was nothing lumpy about the lump sum NSSF paid them. The money is all gone at this time and they are forced to solely depend on the monthly pensions, which is a pale version of what they received as working class. Some attempt to farm with no prior experience. Others help casually at their wives provision shop. Majorly sit in their lazy couch most of the day reading through the dailies with their radio. I can see this. Set by them at their porch intermittently
1: receiving Listening to BBC. Yeah, and greetings.
0: Greetings from passers by. Musei, Musei. Greeting them. They spiral into bouts of depression when it dawns on them that by being old and broke, they've become half or even less the men they were. Majority don't survive this mental turmoil and die before their time. They may also run to contest a chieftain's stool for, with the aim of continuing life. The battle of securing the stool coupled with its litigation is also another problem to think of. So what can we learn from our fathers? What can we learn from our fathers? One, take control of your financial independence. Invest consistently during your working life. NSSF should not be your plan A. Number two, little drops of money wasted today will cost you your harvest tomorrow. Keep your focus. Avoid that side chicks and side children. Number three, don't plan your old age around your children. Many of them may not have found their feet before you die. Number four, set your spice up spice your spouse up early. Invest in her business when you have access to loan facilities, and make sure you go into retirement. The business is already established before you go into retirement. Five, complete your building many years ahead of retirement. Your pension is not meant for that. Six, get other sources of income, income streams. You have decades of your working life to develop a sustainable side business. Be determined to retire a rich man, a rich woman. After all, the good book says, the righteous man leaves an inheritance for children's children. And listen to this. Nobody is fond of a broke pensioner. Mm. Determine not to become one. Otherwise, you run the risk of becoming one. Ouch.
1: That's an article from Ghana. I read it. It sounded so Ugandan. Yes. The only time I discovered it wasn't Ugandan is because they were using that other... S-A-I-N-I-T instead of N-S-S-F. Friends, This conversation will continue next Sunday. What do you do now? I want you to share this video with all the people you care about. It will hurt them a little bit Mm. now, but it will bring health later. Mm. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, this is the best day for you to do that. Just contact the number on that screen, send us a text call, tell us... I'm giving my life to Jesus today. If you're listening on radio, it is 775 We bless you. May God bless you. May he cause his face to shine on you and give you peace. And may you go and do something about what you've had today because no one is fond of a broke pensioner. You don't want to be old. And broke. Because you'll be looking your friends uh, for your friends and they'll be hiding from you. Let's not put our children in the difficult position of having to take care of us. Because we did not plan well. Because then that perpetuates the poverty. The money they should be investing into their future. They are now, they are now t- trying to recover the past of the foolish decisions of their parents. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Summon series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. thats 393